Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to The Parenthood. As we prepare for the lockdown restrictions to finally ease, many of us parents are looking at our newfound freedom with feelings of sadness to leave the life that so often many of us resented, locked down with just our close family behind. Many of us marvel at how this year turned out, with a pandemic halting everyday life across our planet. But I personally am also marvelling at the fact that I'm looking at leaving lockdown with a heavy heart. But why is this? What has this time of enforced staying at home taught us? And is there anything we can take from it? My guest today is Bev Turner, radio host, author, mother of three, and one of my best friends. Welcome, Bev. So, how was lockdown for you? We're kind of coming out of lockdown and it's sort of, are you sad that you're coming out of lockdown? I think there's a sort of, there's going to be a kind of, it's like a kind of grief really, Marina. I think, you know, this is the first thing that I've done that is out of the house and that I would consider to be sort of work in inverted commas, I guess. Everything else I've been doing online and Zoom calls and doing this morning and Jeremy Vine and various appearances. So, in some ways... It's lovely. Of course, it's lovely to be here with you. It always is. But in some ways, it's lovely to be back in the real world doing this. But I am quite frightened about losing some of the really great things that we've had about lockdown. You know, when I was planning this week and thinking, okay, I'm going to come and see Marina. And then actually my netball group are having drinks and my mother-in-law is going to come round and blah, blah, blah. And suddenly I thought, we're getting back into that territory that that hamster wheel of like constant that we had that lovely break from which Mm. was the forward planning the forward planning and I think as a parent that's what's so demanding on our time actually is where am I supposed to be tomorrow tonight what are the kids meant to have who needs a snack who's got a swimming bag and having a break from that was heavenly and I think we've got to somehow learn and work out how we keep some of the best things of lockdown without getting back on that hamster wheel. Because I've always been a bit frightened of not having anything to do. I think it's like a hangover of being incredibly bored at the weekends at boarding mm. school, that like the idea of a full diary was always great for me yeah. and I really thrived on that. And I do think that was something I was a bit frightened of before lockdown. And actually, it's been so amazing. Mm. And I feel that, you know, my kids just get so much more time. Mm. And I've noticed like in terms of their behaviour, in terms of you know, so much of what really makes them good and interesting children has increased. And all that's changed is that all those expensive clubs and activities and things that we thought they needed to do haven't happened. They've just had more love and nurturing and kind of relaxed home life. Well, we've all gone, we kind of went back to a 70s style of parenting. And it's really what my mother was always saying to me anyway, is that she always said, Beverly, all your children need is your time. That is all they really need is you and your time, which, believe me, is a guilt-inducing sentiment, which I've often wished she hadn't told me, you know, when I had to go to work or do my own things. Having said that, we, we grew up as a, a family, me and my brother and sister, that we were competitive swimmers. So we never had any flipping time. We were always in the pool or we were at school or doing homework. So we had a busy childhood. We weren't just languishing around. But when it got to the weekends, if we weren't competing or, or, or on top of training... What we wanted to do was not my mother's priority. Whereas our generation of mums, we go, we wake up on a a Saturday morning, we think, how are we going to entertain the kids? What are we going to do that's going to be fun for the kids? And we'll fit in around them. Well, that's lovely for the kids, but it's actually 
I think making the children a little bit narcissistic because they do think the world revolves around them and I think they never get bored and it's also be quite hard for us whereas lockdown was such a long period it was basically like a three-month weekend that we couldn't wake up in the morning and go okay let's put your knees first because it was right well the, the lawn needs mowing the kitchen needs cleaning I'm gonna have to fight my way into the supermarket yeah I'm gonna have to do or do a three-hour online shop you know and so the children had to fall down our pecking order and it hasn't been a negative for them because I think they quite like the fact that we've not been breathing down their neck all Mm. the time trying to get them to do stuff and I want to kind of keep some of that you know I couldn't be entertaining them 24 7 that was no longer my parental role my parental role was to keep the house running to do a bit of work if I could and to make sure that they were stimulated you know they are little sponges and they're learning everything but sometimes in lockdown just say go and find something to do and I remember the girls so the girls are nine and eleven and saying go and find something to do and they were like what do you mean I was like you're not going on a screen go and do something but we're bored we're bored like for the first 20 minutes we're bored fine boredom's good you know what girls sometimes life is boring so you have to learn to be bored and I know this is a conversation you and I've had many times over the years isn't it with the kids and you just think anyway I I left them and I thought this is going to be interesting to see what they do and then in the end, they went away and came up with a um, like some little drama script. And they went and wrote a little script together. And then they went and got outfits. And my wardrobe was ransacked. And they came down in high heels. And they had makeup on. And they'd come up with this little scenario that they then wanted to film on an iPad. So the screen was ultimately involved. But it did mean that they did something creative. They did it together. They're giggling in the garden, doing one take, two takes, all that. And I just thought, sometimes we have to back off and let them just be bored. Because they can surprise us with what they want to do when left to their own devices. And lockdown made us do that with the kids. And they probably loved that. That afternoon was probably one of their favourite afternoons. Yeah. And also, when I say time with with us, you know, I have a fairly low tolerance for sitting and playing with my kids. I, I love them, but I do find that quite boring. I mean, they're a bit older now, but when they were younger, you know, I have a limited tolerance for jigsaws. Even now, with you know, I sat down this morning with Trixie, my littlest, to do some maths, and I noticed that there was like a little stationary box that needed sorting out next to her. And I start going through the pens, what can go in the bin, you know, what's run out. Like, and I think, no, 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 stop it. Like, give her your time and attention. But I'm, I'm sort of zoning out as well. It's a little bit boring to, you know, watching them do long division. <laughs> I'm just being very honest here. And there was one day when they would, we were getting like that, and the weather was nice, and I just thought, right, screens off big blanket in the garden and a massive box of Lego, like three or four massive boxes of Lego, the stuff in the playroom that never gets used, you know. And we spent such a long time sat there. And yes, occasionally I thought, this is really dull. I thought, no, come on, stick with it. This is what they want to do and made my own little house. And, and they actually, this is our favorite day in lockdown, mommy. This has been our favorite day in lockdown. And I thought all I did was sit in the garden and play Lego. And you chatted to them on yeah. their own terms yeah. and you invested in what they wanted to do. Yeah. I was reading this piece actually just this morning and it was a child psychiatrist talking about the importance of being with your children. And she was basically saying, you know, all the things we think are really important, the trips to the cinema and the, the music clubs and all the things they think we need. Our kids don't actually need no, that. And she said, don't. it's interesting, all these things that we couldn't give them in lockdown, going on holiday. She yeah. said, the thing that cre- kids crave the most is just simply when, their parent sits down Mm. and listens to them and it's the way they work out their emotions and so you end up with much more emotionally resilient children Mm. because they're being taught to identify their feelings and she said parents often sort of feel well there's no point having this conversation unless I've got the solution but that's not what kids want Mm. it's it's basically acknowledging god yeah I can understand you're so annoyed with your brother for farting at the table or whatever it was and I just it's given up that opportunity to actually Mm. be with our kids Mm. and not be distracted on our phones and that's what she said it's like they want your full attention they don't want half your attention they want it full I mean there's been a lot of farting to be honest there's been a lot of farting with five people in the house together as well and it has been the cause of quite a lot of arguments because none of my children will ever admit when they've actually done it so we've had the time to like get to the bottom of that issue on quite a few occasions and, and, you know, joking apart, getting to the bottom of the issue is often, especially when the kids are fighting, is what they need. Mm. So we started lockdown and they were fighting like cat and dog, 16, 11 and 9. All of them, it just felt like I was refereeing fights from dawn till dusk. And then this weird thing happened that the fighting sort of stopped and they'd got used to each other and they weren't just battling with each other anymore. And 
when there was a dispute between them, and they, you know, kids have a very strong sense of justice, don't they? They, they feel some, they've been wronged. That makes them furious. And so I had the time, and my mother did this with us, and I remembered it all kind of came back to me, to sit them down and go, right, Trixie, you talk first, tell me what happened. Kiki, do not utter a word. That was hard, they always try and interrupt. <laughs> and then you'd hear Trixie, and she'd say, what her, say her piece. And they'd go, right, Kiki, you tell me what you think happened. And she would have a different version of events. But giving them that time, and then they would hear each other and come to some sort of resolution. And it was often that they were part, both part right and both part wrong. I mean, there's a great moral for life there. And then you go, right, fine. You know, here's a biscuit, go and play. And they felt better because there was nothing festering. You know, and, and I think we've got to, in real life somehow, find the time to still do that with our kids because normally if they're rowing and they've come in from school and you've got to get some tea down them before they do their homework, before they go to their clubs and their activities or I'm rushing out to work and da 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 da, I don't have that time. And so I've really learned the value of that in this lockdown because they're nicer kids. My kids are nicer at the end of lockdown than they were at the beginning. And also, this isn't what they get taught at school. I mean, they get taught obviously great stuff at school, but no one sits them down and one-on-one sort of resolves Mm. an issue. And I was talking to Linda Blair, the psychologist, about sibling relationship, and she said that's the most important thing you can do Mm. is try and get them to empathise from the other one's perspective. Uh, She said it's the the most powerful thing. And in terms of kind of making friends and resolving conflict, If your child has that skill, then they'll go far in life. Oh, 100%. And I think particularly with, you know, teenagers are, are, are not, they're not blessed with huge reserves of empathy, to be honest. You know, isn't he thoughtful and thinks, thinks about everybody else? Nobody ever said that about a teenage boy. <laughs> so having one of those in the house is quite a challenge. But we're even with him been trying really hard. We are repeatedly having these conversations, whether it's about tidying up in the kitchen because we're all in, been in one house together and explaining, you know, that when I say to him, you need, uh, you know, uh, I mean, we could we should talk about housework because that's a re- that's been a really big part of this actually with the kids and saying to him, you know, can you just uh, would you mind just doing this, doing, you know, just stacking the dishwasher? But I only used one bowl. Mm, but that's good. That's not how it is in a house. Like in a house, it's a team. Yeah, but I only use that bowl. So then I went, okay, fine. Well, I tell you what, when I put the next wash on, I'm only doing my clothes. What will happen then? And I did it. And I did it. And I refused to wash his clothes for several days. But did he care? He had nothing to wear. And in the end, he came down with like a huge laundry basket of clothes and was like, uh, mom, I need to wash my clothes. Like, fine. So come in here. This is how it works. This is what this, you press this button, you put the powder in here. You know, necessity is the mother of invention. And he needed to wash his clothes. And I was, but that's the thing. In lockdown, I wasn't thinking, oh, well, he's going to go out with his mates tomorrow. So I need to, he needs to have a clean t What are the other mother, mothers going to think of me? Yeah, yeah, you know, he doesn't need a school uniform. So fine, he could be stinky in his own bedroom, in his one pair of pyjamas, and there was going to be no, no consequence of that. And so he's learned that valuable lesson about autonomy and self-reliance. And also how to operate a washing machine, which, let's face it, is not difficult. And they should all do. And they now, should. at the end of lockdown... All my children can use a washing machine. Yeah. And you know, a hoover. They can all hoover. They can all, you know, we would have, I got so overwhelmed by the weight of the domestic load. You know, in about week two, you've got no cleaner coming in. You've got nobody helping you out. My mum would pop in and maybe stand there with the iron, you know, for 10 minutes and do a few shirts and none of that, all gone. And so it was, I felt utterly I mean I, I literally I was literally crying like one day I was literally crying you know and my partner was like what's the matter with you and I was like I don't know where to start the utility room is just like creaking with clothes none of the beds are made everywhere's crunchy underfoot you know in the cereal we're cooking three meals a day we're, we're eating three meals a day in the house plus snacks there is it is a bloody bomb site in here and so and we went right okay we need a plan and so then we had Saturday was cleaning day so even though we were on top of it during the week, Saturday, nothing else, all five of us. And I would do a list and you go, right, you do your own bedrooms. Croyd, you're hoovering there. Kiki, you're mopping. You're the... And of course, first week was fabulous. It was a novelty. The novelty kind of quickly wore off, but they are now doing it and it has normalized it because you can't all be in the house together at the same time and not pull your weight. Yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Well, listen, I was listening to Michelle Obama, and she said when she moved into the White House, she sat down with the staff and said you will not make my kids beds like I've got an eight and a nine year old or whatever they were and and they need to grow up knowing that their beds are not going to be made and the kids were like but mommy your bed's made (laughs) and she's like well I'm the first lady (laughs) I've earned that right but I love that that she was like this would be the worst thing for my children to be an environment where they're weighted on hand and foot yeah it is we are creating husbands and wives of the future and it's about the fact that they have to relate to other people and they have to not expect anybody else to clear up after them. And the, the understanding for my kids as well, going, well, it's lovely to have a cleaner, but you have to be able to afford to pay for a cleaner. Now I'm 46 and I've worked blimmin' hard and I can't run a house with kids and work without some help. I mean, the irony is we may never get a cleaner now, post lockdown. We probably will manage now, I think. I mean, ask me again in six months, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still looking at the ironing pile and thinking, I really can't be asked to tackle that shit. But, you know, it might be that we will have, we will, we will have much less, and, and, and that is because it's good for them. And it's frankly, it's good for me. I lost weight in lockdown, and I'm You're sure... the only person, Bev. Oh, my God. I was mainlining gin and tonic from about 5.30 every day, and Doritos, hummus, like, we ate well in lockdown. We ate really well. But I lost weight, and I swear to God, that's because I did so much housework. You know, I was mopping the floor. I'm on my hands and knees doing the little edge, you know, like in the kitchen where you get the edge. I'm looking at your units here. Well, you haven't got any dirt. Your house is immaculate. But where you get like the edge where the floor meets the kitchen units. And, you know, I was like constantly cleaning that and it got a bit obsessive. But I think it's this like rage for order. It reminded me a little bit of when you have a newborn baby, when you're stuck at home with a newborn baby and it's quite boring at times. And that just feeling like you've got to be in control of something because you're not in control of anything. You know, I don't think it quite tipped over into OCD, but I did have my moments when I did have to sit down and think, I've got to just let it be. Like, lower my standards. The house is going to look like, a, you know, a bomb has gone off from time to time. But, you know, so what? We're alive, we're healthy, we're fine, we're together, we have a lot to be grateful for. You know, there was a, there was a huge amount of, during lockdown, like, perspective check, wasn't there? It was a massive perspective check for everybody. What's important? What really matters? And the kids have benefited. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. I'm quite worried how they're going to be going back to school and, you know. I was interested, I remember reading something saying, you know, you're not locked at home, you're safe at home. And I remember thinking, God, yeah. we are lucky. And I read a piece in the Times about a family who were doing a sabbatical in India and got stuck there during lockdown. And actually, I read it to my kids and it was quite a punchy article. Mm. But I was like, I just want you to have the perspective that mm. you, you don't take, you know, this cottage we've got for granted. And mm. it's our little space. And yes, it's a bit small. And yes, mm. it's not ideal. But we are safe here. Yeah. And I think and because there were those, there was like, a, I felt there was like a period of about three quite dark weeks where it just got worse and worse. Yeah. And Boris was in intensive care. Yes. And we just didn't know yes. if this was going to be the end of the world yes. or whether it was going to be okay. And but actually, the other thing you mentioned was mainlining gin and tonics. I mean, what I've learned in lockdown is that alcohol every day is not a bad thing for me. Actually, I felt <laughs> brilliant over lockdown. <laughs> And I had this weird thing that when, like it started about, I don't know, six months before lockdown, where if I drank anything, like even a glass of wine, I would sleep atrociously that night. And I was like, I'm just getting middle-aged and I can't take my alcohol anymore. And then, of course, I really did need to drink. And I would end up like having a drink or two every night. Not more than that, but I think every Every single night, the hundredth day in the row coming up now of of lockdown. And I've never slept better. I've never felt better. My back never felt better. And and, um, I, know, I, I mean, know. I know it's, we're kind of told all the time, I know. be careful with it. And I wonder if it was just drinking, 
you know, socially, it was drinking. Being, I mean, I did also go to bed really early and wake up really early and yeah. kind of never woke I up know, with an you're alarm. You're so weird doing that. You're such a weirdo that you get up at six <laughs> o'clock in the morning. I, the best thing for me about lockdown has been the sleep. Yeah. I have not had this much sleep in 17 years, not doing the school run. You know, I wake up in the morning about, you know, between eight and nine nine and then I have my teas made and I had a cup of tea and so my partner your and teas I, made the machine that makes you tea I have a 70s teas made <laughs> and all I do in the morning is I lean over and I click it on and I go here and I ha- and we sit there we lie there and we listen to the tea and then it brews and then we sit up in bed and have a cup of tea together with the looking out of the window and we just go this is heaven because I hate the morning rush I hate it. I will never like it. No matter how old my children are, what are they doing, I will never like that morning rush. I hate it. And so, and also because I was basically, I think this is why I haven't had a hangover, because I've drunk every day like you. I have to say, I'm very proud. I'm on day four of no drink today. This is the most I've not drunk. So I I drunk every day except three, I think, in lockdown. The fact that I can remember that tells you everything, doesn't it? Because they were hard three days. Three individual days, not three in a row. That would be ridiculous. And so... We're also I, only at lunchtime. It's currently <laughs> quarter past one. Does this count as your fourth day of not drinking? Yeah, it does. But James and I were talking about this and, and when we're having our tea in the morning, probably, and I said about, I said, I can't believe, like, I've had a, you know, probably a, like two decent-sized gin in the evening or two nice glasses of rosé in the evening. I said, but I've never been hungover. But I think that's because I was sleeping so much. I think you can do one or the other at our age, can't you? You can either drink and sleep and let your liver purify it in the night or you can sleep and, or not sleep but not drink and then you're fine. I can't do, need, I can't do drinking and not sleeping anymore. So I think, um, I think that's why I've kind of managed. But I really had to have a word with myself because I, I mean, I was, I was thinking, why am I drinking so much? And I said to James, I said, I think it's because it kind of delineates adult time and children time. Because at the moment, when you're with the kids all day, I need that kind of transition. Okay, it's getting to tea time. I have a drink. And he went, well, why do you explain the fact that you've started drinking at one o'clock in the afternoon some days? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> It's just something like, I remember getting to the end of the day thinking, I definitely need a drink. You know, we just watched that sort of six o'clock yeah. lockdown update and it just like the news had got yeah. worse and worse and worse. And I just, I know it's a totally wrong attitude to but have. I think, but... it's, I think it's also been about the fact that it's felt like a holiday. Yeah. And so there's that lovely summer holiday thing and the weather was so great mm-hmm. and you didn't have to get up for work in the morning. Mm-hmm. And also, and it is that like the stress of having the kids at home all day. You know, it has been difficult. There's, there's not a mum on this planet at the moment who hasn't found being at home with the kids pretty fraught at times I think it's been quite like a holiday high highs low lows you know if you go on holiday with the kids you get these amazing moments when everything's beautiful and the sun is on the horizon and they're playing in the water and you're tanned and you're feeling good and it's perfect and then you get like the low lows when someone's sunburned and one of them's crying and one of them's overtired and they've got sand in their feet and they're moaning about this and they and those are like the low lows on holiday. And I feel like lockdown's been very much like that. You know, I always have this this phrase about going self-catering with kids, which is same shit, different sink. Mm. So you're doing the same shit on holiday that you are at home. And this has been same shit, same sink yeah. for three months, which, you know, has been pretty, t- pretty tough at times. I'm not going to lie. It's been, there's been a few moments and it's and the, the worst moments I think have been kind of feeling like you're just not getting it right everybody else's kids seem to be doing six hours of homeschool how come mine barely know their six times table you know everybody else's kids seems to be creating these amazing like artistic like fucking hydron collider out of cereal boxes you know and mine have basically built one story lego house you know and looking around on Instagram with all these amazing mums like acing it and thinking oh I'm not getting, like, I'm failing at this. I'm failing at my job. I'm failing at my relationship because it's really hard to have any time together because the kids are always there. You know, so there have been those dark moments. Mm. That's why I've drunk so much Mm. on those days. I've also really missed being really excited to see my kids. You know when you drop them off at school and you've had, like, a whole day without them and you see that they come back out of school and mine always kind of run and give me a hug and I'm like, oh, it's so nice to see you and I feel that genuine happiness to see them again. 
like during lockdown I just didn't ever feel that because I was always with them <laughs> and actually it made me realize how important it is to have to because also they were never genuinely happy to see me either no that's true I come down in the morning and the girls are invariably playing Minecraft or something obviously they've been up since six I'm the one who's lying in till nine and um we're coming in morning girls and I go another day would you, would you tease me and your lover <laughs> like another day in paradise girls and they just like literally go oh hi mom have you had breakfast yeah three hours ago would you like more breakfast okay and then you sort of give them the second breakfast at you know nine o'clock in the morning so they they look very underwhelmed to see me every single morning not not bothered couldn't care less and I think they've probably got as sick of us as we've got as sick of them. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I think mine are now back at school and it has been so nice just to have a yeah. bit of time apart from them and that kind of whole, yeah. oh, I really value you. Yeah. I do worry though, because I mean, my littlest is, the nine-year-old is so besotted with her 11-year-old sister. She needs nothing else in life. Mm. Honestly, she needs nothing. And so she has been so happy to have Kiki all day every day you can see she just she just adores her it's the most it's magical to watch but I do worry about when they go back to school luckily they're going to the same school in September but I think Trixie's going to find that really hard to not be with her all day every day because she 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 literally needs nothing else in the world it's the sweetest thing but I think you know the the 11 year old does find it a bit overwhelming Mm. you know she she went to hang out with her cousin yesterday and you know Trixie was bereft she had a birthday party to go to in a water park but you know she was she didn't want to go she didn't want to go and play on this water park she just wanted to be with her sister and Kiki kind of went I've had you for three months she went I've had you every day for three months just give me a break I thought yeah I know how you feel geeks And the other thing is just a bit of time to do what you need to do. I just remember, like, children are quite demanding. And I kind of know how important it is. If you're with them, you're 100% with them. But invariably, there was just other stuff to do. where You just couldn't be with them the whole time. I remember at one point, this is, it felt like a real low for me. I was, I was sitting in the kitchen, supposedly doing her work online, mm. but realising that actually she's, like, on YouTube looking yeah. at crap videos of kittens, <laughs> yeah. Technicolor or something. And she goes, Mummy. And I was like what I own and she goes and I'm like trying to clean the kitchen empty yeah. the dishwasher do some emails she's like mommy in all the drawers in the kitchen which is the one you think you use the most I'm like I, I just don't have the mental capacity to Brilliant. answer these questions just go back to your tables fables or yeah. whatever you're, you're doing. lucky it was something like that like I would normally be in the middle of doing something and then they come in and just like just from left field you know Kiki particularly the middle one you know mummy what would you do if we were stranded on a desert island and then somebody <laughs> said there was covid but you could have three people with you in the desert island and then you could only bring one type of food and maybe one type of drink what would you do and I'm like for fuck's sake like, there's so much in there hang on I'm just I'm like you say I'm just writing an article whilst I'm thinking I've got to sort the blacks from the whites for the laundry well I don't know Kiki just you come up with the answer for me you think of what would you do what would you do that's normally what would you do Keeks that would be easier I have to say all my clothes are grey we gave up on the blacks and the whites right at the beginning (laughs) of lockdown I was like looking at something I was wearing the other day I was like oh god it's slightly green my white top has gone slightly green I've into all sorts of domestic things that I never thought would be important to me like I now need I want a different dishwasher because I understand the limitations and I, you know, I'm completely addicted to the 15 minute quick wash on the washing machine. And, um, oh, I got, a, I got a washing line. I got an actual washing line in the garden during lockdown because I'd normally put it on the clothes horse inside the house. The weather was so beautiful. I was like, right, I have to, this is my, it was such a significant moment of growing up. I need a washing line. So I got one of the little minky ones with the extendable and James put it up on the fence. And, and then I'd go out with my apron on and my, my laundry basket and pin up my, my washing and get this immense satisfaction of waking up in the morning and go, oh, it's a nice drying laundry <laughs> Who have I turned into? Like, what? But, I, but, there's, but there's, a, a simple, there's a simplicity about the satisfaction and the pleasure. And you don't need to iron stuff that's been air-dried. <laughs> no, that's true. It so saves a huge amount yeah, of time. Yeah, I, I don't, I hate iron. But, you know, I just, I, so there's been all sorts of, like, like I say, re-evaluation. And I'm, I'm really 
I'm really keen to hang on to a lot of it. I don't know how we're going to. I almost think I'm going to write a list now of all the things that I want to retain and work out how we keep them going forward. A big one is going to be not filling the diary, mm. just not filling the diary. And I think saying no to things too. I think the, half the reason that I have mm. more time is that I'm not saying yes to things because I feel I should, like no. dinners I don't really want to go to or would you volunteer for this or can you do this for the school? And it just, it's been so nice to yeah. only do the stuff that I really want to do as opposed yeah. to the stuff that I feel I should do. You know what? I was already quite good at that. I just I, I just didn't really have a choice, I think, as well. And, you know, I, I'd already got into the point where, you know, my week is doing my antenatal classes on a Monday night, playing netball on a, when, on a Tuesday night, Wednesdays off, Thursday night swimming club with the kids, Friday night swimming club with the kids, and Saturday's weekend and, you know, netball matches or whatever it is the kids got to do. So my my week is already full, you know. So I already had to say a lot to, uh, no to a lot of things. And I'm not quite sure now going forward how I'm going to, how w- what I'm prepared to give up, you know. Because mm. I can't give up my business. I'm, you know, same as you. And I, I love my netball. That's my sport. That's my thing. And I can't, the kids enjoy their swimming and they they want to do that and it's good for them so what's left mm. like what is left there is there is no wiggle room in my week mm. so I, I i think inevitably we will hurtle back onto the hamster wheel if we're not careful because mm. i can't really see where it can go i said to the kids the other day i said i think from time to time we'll just do lockdown weekends we will just go this is a lockdown weekend and kiki said um what so we'll get up early, you'll get up late, then you and James will spend all day doing jobs on the house and we'll play Minecraft all day. Awesome. <laughs> like, is that what you think? No, and the gin and tonic comes out at <laughs> one o'clock and lockdown. Yeah. But, you know, I think, I guess what, <laughs> I mean, she's probably right. They didn't play Minecraft all day and they did do a lot. But I think it, we've eaten together. We've cooked together. You know, the kids have learnt, uh, by, again, by necessity, they can now all cook. They couldn't in the same way before lockdown. Croyd's turned into a brilliant cook. And occasionally what would happen is it would get to lunchtime. And of course, normally at the weekends, I'd be feeling, oh, it's school holidays. I'm feeling guilty because I've been working. I'm not really seeing them. So you'd be like, oh, what do you want to eat? Should we do lunch? What da, da, da. Lockdown, you couldn't do that. I would literally wait until they got hungry. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't put set a lunchtime. Then they, eventually they would appear. We're quite hungry. Can we have some lunch? Yes. There's some eggs. There's a pan. There's the bread. There's the toaster. Make yourself some lunch. Mm. And so now the girls can rustle up scrambled eggs. They can do beans on toast and bacon sandwiches. This isn't, we're not aiming high here, but Mm. they can make lunch. And that's great. But also there's this expectation that the fridge isn't always full of everything they like because there was those t- there was again a few weeks where it was quite difficult to get food and I didn't really want to go to the supermarket mm. and you couldn't get food delivery. I remember that realization that my kids need a lot more simple food than I thought they did. Yeah. There was one day during lockdown where I had nothing, so I gave them a potato for lunch. That was it. A potato. <laughs> what did you do with the potato? Nothing. I just well, you gave them a raw potato. No, no, it was in the microwave. Went in the microwave. <laughs> And it was the cousins too. And so they each got a potato. I didn't even put it on a plate. I just wrapped it in some kitchen towel. And they just had that. With some butter in it? Nothing. Just the potato. Did they eat the skin of the potato? Yeah, they ate everything. Or the dog ate it. I don't know. But you know what? And what did they say? They probably loved it, didn't they? They actually quite liked it. There were no complaints. But I said, this is all I have. (laughs) My delivery's coming this afternoon. There is nothing in the house. So they got You could have made it into a history project of like ancient Ireland and told them about the potato famine and... (laughs) If you've been a decent mother, that's what you would have done. <laughs> Educate them, not only just starve them. Starvation is a route to education. I mean, do you know what? The opposite is actually true in my house because I am a crap supermarket shopper and I one of the, my biggest hates in the world is what are we going to have for tea? What are they going to have? I really hate that coming up with something for them to eat every night. But because I was doing online shops, my fridge has never been fuller. Never been fuller. How did you get a slot? I couldn't get a slot. Well, half a, half a million people in front of me the one time I checked. I don't, you know what? My other half did the most amazing Costco, what do you call it? Uh, what were we calling it? I can't remember the language now, isn't it? You know, the, the stock ups. The wholesale. Yeah, yeah but yeah. like the, you know, the, 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 the store. What do I mean? Like the word when everyone was like stocking stockpiling. up. Kind of stockpiling. Yeah, you were stockpiling, exactly. And so he went and did this phenomenal shop at Costco where he got massive tins of tuna like the size of a football, which sustained us for like a week. Kids get very sick of tuna. We can only open one every four weeks. And these big tins of tomato. And he just did this brilliant shop. And he got things like mixed herbs and garlic salt. And I was like, oh my God, you're such a millennial because he's a lot younger than me. And I was like, what the fuck is garlic salt? Like this is meant to be a 
stop partying. This is necessity. So I was like, you've basically done the equivalent of going out to kill a woolly mammoth and come back with some edible flowers. <laughs> and I have eaten my words so many times because we have put mixed herbs and garlic salt on literally everything and it's made really great meals and we've eaten really really well so then I would just go to the co-op around the corner and just get sort of fresh stuff and and for like last three or four days or a bit more we've never we have eaten so well in lockdown because of course no restaurants no takeaways you know you might normally this is another thing that we will ne- we will never go back to again is you know going out popping into Starbucks or popping into Costa and spending five pounds you know and, and getting the snacks now when we go out the door I take a flask I mean this you know does tie into the idea that I'm a little old lady with my teas made I now have my thermos with my with my coffee and I take water for the kids which I kind of already did and then I take snacks and sandwiches and and saved a fortune yeah, like food I mean, bills pop into, you know, Costa for a coffee and, you know, the kids want their waffles or whatever. You're paying 25 quid by the end of Easily. it. Easily. So I saved a fortune in terms of eating out. I spent a fortune in terms of eating in, though. My food bill, because I actually, I literally went through it to work out and it quadrupled. But then you weren't per week. eating out. And so it's probably yeah. cheaper in the, in the long yeah. term. Yeah, probably. And definitely healthier. Mm. Definitely healthier. Um, I mean, I got sick of cooking for other people. And it was slightly always me cooking because Ben doesn't really cook, mainly yeah. because I don't like his cooking. And the kids, you know, they can do basic stuff, but I want to yeah. do something. And just like, you know, every single meal, yeah. every, you know, because usually I'll just have something snacky for lunch and yeah. I won't need to think about it. That's but no, right. it's like a full dishwasher after every single I meal. I remember actually the first time I went and had uh, lunch in the garden with my mother, I was like, this is amazing. It's the first time I have not cooked a yeah. meal. Yeah. But it's funny how you get used to it though isn't it funny how you get you build up your resilience to these things because you know I uh, first sort of week I was like fuck another meal like this is a lot of cooking this is because it's not just it's not as though we have you know we sound like we're sat here with a retinue of staff that do our you know rustle up our pasta for us that's not what it's like but the fact that they would be out of the door in the morning after breakfast you have lunch they have lunch at school and then you might do like my kids have a cooked lunch at school so sometimes I do something a bit snacky for tea it might just be toasty sandwiches or something before they go to swimming or whatever it is so the fact that we were doing like these three meals a day but you quickly get into the rhythm of it. I think I, I quite quickly got into the rhythm of um, and being quite and just being quite smart with what you've got in the kitchen as well. We threw nothing away. That's the big thing. We threw no food away. Everything was was and we had a whiteboard and between us we'd go right. Okay, what what do we have in the fridge that we need to eat? And we would then go. Okay, we've got you know a bit of bolognese left. There's some cold pasta. Da 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 da. Right. Okay. Let's just whip it together. and We'll do a little lasagna. You know. So we were being really creative with what was left in the fridge because we didn't really want to go to the shop again. I was creative with use by dates too. I threw nothing away. No. Well, we all know they're rubbish anyway, don't we? I've, I just ate kids. some smoked salmon that was a month out of date. <laughs> totally fine. Totally fine. Yeah, completely. I mean, I have been known to wipe the mould off the top of the Philadelphia. When you, every time. Every, every I never get through a, a proper like tub of cream cheese without yeah. it getting mould on the top. Yeah. Always take it off. <laughs> Lydia's like, what's yet. that, mummy? I'm like, packaging. <laughs> it's not going to kill you. 70s parenting, you see. That's what we were talking about. Just, It'll be fine. Just make do. Um, what won't you miss about lockdown? What won't I miss? You know what? I won't miss not seeing my mates. Yeah. You know, I've missed my girlfriends a lot. I've missed my netball. You know, James is amazing. And in many ways, you know, he ticks every box in terms of company, teamwork. But imagine if you'd been right at the beginning of your relationship and, you know, or single. This is basically three months where your life is put on hold. I was thinking about this the other day. Like, my my life is going to be the same at the end of this year, kind of, than it it had lockdown not happened. But if you were someone who's desperately looking for someone to start a relationship with or at the beginning of a, ooh, is this going to work? Is this not going to... You know, that could kill your relationship or be, you know, you haven't met the person you're going to meet at Glastonbury or wherever you're going to meet them. Absolutely. I mean, look at us. I mean, we, you know, we hadn't been together that long, really. And, And we, you know, we weren't, we don't live together. We weren't living together. And... You know, at the beginning of lockdown, we kind of looked at each other and we went, what are we going to do? And at that point, we thought it might be three weeks, maybe four at a push. And he said, well, you know, it's, this is going to be really tough on your own. 
you know, and also it was it was unthinkable that we wouldn't see each other for four or five weeks. Like we, you know, that would just be ludicrous. So we just said, okay, will you stay here? And there'd been many occasions when I just thought I couldn't have done it on my own. I, I mean, hats there's no company, no off. other adult company for you. Hats off to all the single mothers. Hats yeah. off because it is really hard to. It's been really hard to do this with a very supportive partner. I mean, you know, I would have been hitting those gins at 11 a.m., not waiting until <laughs> one, three, five, seven. You know, it, it's been, it would have been, it would have broken me. I honestly think that. I would have had to, I couldn't have, I, I, yeah. It just doesn't even bear thinking about. I'd have found it really hard. You know, it, I wouldn't have been able to work. I wouldn't have been able to run Happy Birth Club online. I wouldn't have been able to do any articles. I just wouldn't have been able to do anything, really. Because I think the kids would have been, so demanding and they would have been unhappy and if I was unhappy they'd have been unhappy and it becomes that vicious circle doesn't it and we're from a very close very wide extended family like you you know my I constantly see my sister and my brother and all the cousins and my mum and my dad you know we're, we're always around each other so to be separated like that like Kiki was very very sad like regularly crying that she couldn't see my mum when are we going to see Nana? When can I hug Nana? When can I hug Nana? If we see Nana in the garden, can I kiss her? No, you can't pop it. I need to kiss Nana. You know, so just, if it was just me as the only adult in the house, they would have found that really difficult as well. And that's, I think, the difference is that, you know, going back to my fear of kind of boredom, you know, fine, we might have been a bit bored, but I was never lonely because mm-hmm. I had my husband and my kids and we could keep in touch with some people via Zoom. But it was interesting when we first went into lockdown and people were really sort of isolating and not seeing anyone. I had an interview with a female astronaut and they were talking to her about isolation, but being isolated on the space station. And she said, you know, all the things that you think you're going to miss, you don't. What you end up missing and what you realise is the the either the best thing in life it's human interaction and it's not even the human interaction with your favorite people it's just the lady in the coffee that gives you a smile and that's what I've tried to do I think because I really missed those little interactions that formed you know the the sort of background noise of my day-to-day life that I never appreciated I've tried whenever I walk down the street that I'll actually look someone in the eye and smile or when I'm buying something you know from the news agent I will you know, go and just be chatty. And because I've realized how much I value those little interactions, as well as obviously my friends. You know, human beings, we are sociable, we are social, we are tribal, you know, we we need that, we need that. I mean, I, 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 you know, I'm a hugger. And I it kills me that I can't hug my friends, you know, and you realize that these little things that we've taken for granted, are so important and what it is to be to be human and to be a parent and you know the fact that I can snuggle the kids at night when they go into bed it's the best moment that's the other thing like we've you know we've I've read to them we've read every single night I mean I normally do anyway but as you know busy schedule I don't always get to do it but even if we've slipped off the homeschooling in the daytime at least I've read with them every single night at least they're they're reading as well so it's like you know a page each or whatever we you know there's always a a negotiation isn't there well you do that paragraph okay well I'll do that paragraph you go okay go on you know and so we've had that time and it must be can't imagine what it must have been like for people who haven't had that human contact Mm -hmm. whether it's with the grandchildren or a loved one or or, you know like you say a new relationship I know some people who fast forwarded brand new relationships you know we're we're now at the you know uh, James will go back to he actually goes back to a new flat which is just a coincidence of the timing of that but it will be strange for me to go back to not having him there all day every day and maybe it will make people reassess what, you know, what, where their relationships go. There are also some people who I know have got completely sick of their partners in lockdown. Mm-hmm. And, the, and I was talking to somebody who's a divorce lawyer who was saying how they've seen a spike in inquiries post-lockdown mm-hmm. because they realise that they just can't be with that person. Well, I think a lot of relationships rely on socialising together and as an excuse, you're really busy and then as an excuse not to spend time with each other and suddenly you're forced to. Yeah, but then I think, I have to say on the flip side, I think most of the people that I know who are already in sort of long-term relationships have found it beneficial because 
as we know, our relationships, you know, they run thin when you don't have quality time together. Or you don't have time. It's like we were saying about with children, those relationships require time, as do our romantic relationships. And in real life, when we're busy and we're running around, we don't put that time in. And so James and I were actually discussing that, what we would keep going. And we were saying, you know, if we've uh, sorted out the garden or we'd mowed the lawn and we'd done some weeding and just sitting down, with a gin and tonic again but sitting down at the end of the day and going really appreciate what we did today and look how lovely the garden looks or you know just having that cup of tea in the morning just taking time which in 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 real life we just run around like maniacs and we don't make that time to just sit down and that's when you that's when your relationships are fed and nurtured and watered aren't they in in those environments that's where you you with everyone growing with With everyone with your partner with your parents with your friends yeah it is, and and that's what this has made us do. And I think we've got to we've got to hold on to some of that. I'm not best friends with the postman. Oh, are you now? I bet he's happy. As Actually, happy she, about that she, as you are. But oh you can't God, say how post-woman. terribly sexist! I know, but I can, can you say postwoman? Postal worker? I don't know. Anyway, she's lovely, and she was she really sweetly like printed out a form that I needed printing out, and then I picked her a bunch of flowers from my garden, and like you know, suddenly fast forward the relationship, sort of, <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> You know, when something happens, it makes you just feel so grateful. Oh. And it was just those little shreds of human contact it's that actually... Uh, exactly. Our street has been similar. So we have a WhatsApp group for our road. And of course, it normally is things like, my car was broken into outside number 10. Did anybody see anything? Whereas this time in lockdown, it's been, I'm going to the shop. Does anybody need anything? Or I've cleared out the playroom. I've got a pile of jigsaws outside the front of the house. And when the weather was really lovely at the beginning, one of the houses has a load of jobbing musicians living in it. And then on a Sunday afternoon, they would put on a free performance. The most beautiful, one of those, the singers, she's a backing singer for Gabrielle, amongst others. And they did this beautiful performance on the street every Sunday. And so we would all come out and sit on our deck chairs outside the house and watch them perform. Now, that's amazing. We would never before lockdown know that that those talented people lived in that house across the road and we you know we've all said when this is done we will try and do a proper party in one of the houses at some point and we've I feel like everyone's really got to know each other that sense of community we have now that we didn't have three months ago no way you know there'll be some babysitters for me amongst that lot I'm sure <laughs> look at me trying to busy myself to get out of the house again so while you were sitting there listening to this beautiful music you were like yeah, she'll do as a babysitter. Yep, yeah, she she'll do as some... <laughs> yeah, she looks at least 18. She can come around, £5 an hour, that'll do. Yeah, I mean, it has been really bonding, I think, for a lot of local communities to get to, to, get to kind of know each other and, and work out who is behind that door across the road that you don't normally know. We're organising a skip. So everybody's, everybody in our street is, like some people have been having big clear-outs. So I put on the WhatsApp, you know, does anybody want to share a skip if you've all got trips to the tip you don't want to do? Yes, please, yes, please, yes, please. We've got a skip coming and everyone down the street is going to come and load up the skip and someone will take it away. Great. Collaboration. Collaboration. That's why humans are so successful, because yeah. we communicate and we collaborate. And actually, if anything, maybe we were losing that, living our little isolated no bubbles. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. There is so much, I think, positive to have come from lockdown. Even, you know, our environmental impacts. That I, I find it heartbreaking that governments aren't seizing. I've not heard anybody talk about, let's move forward with the lack of pollution that we have now with having no traffic on the roads and no aeroplanes in the sky how do we keep that going instead they're saying don't go on public transport and get in your car and drive i find that heartbreaking mm-hmm. i know but then also all this chucking away of you know just i remember feeling so guilty about chucking anything away and making my rubbish li- as little as possible yeah. and now with all this disposable ppe and yeah. you know the, the supermarkets don't take back the bags anymore just there's, there's also, you know, in terms of waste, there's that's really increased. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, you're right. There's, uh, you know, I think, I just, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm despair at the leadership at, in terms of the politics, in terms of where we're going, where we're going to go after this. I think it's been really depressing. And so we're talking at a time when there are now mini lockdowns happening in the UK. Mm-hmm. Leicester has just gone into lockdown. If suddenly we were told, right, we're doing another proper lockdown, would your heart sink or would it sing? It's a good question. I've, I've thought about that a lot. I have two perspectives on this in a way, because I, I'm I do think there's, that the lockdown has been a, an enormous overreaction. And if you look at Sweden and that their death rate is, is no greater than ours, except for in the care homes, which is similar here, then I think, I do think from a political point of view, this has caused immense damage to the economy based on 
really flawed interpretations of the statistics if i'm honest that's part of a bigger conversation but if so but if we were if we had to go into super lockdown again there would be some sense in which i would be pleased to be given an excuse to get off the hamster wheel i'm not going to lie to you that would come as a relief but we shouldn't need the government to tell us to stay at home in order to make those changes if you know what i mean so mm-hmm. if if what i'm saying is lockdown comes as a relief to me my life is wrong and i have to make those changes anyway in order to keep some of that good mental state i would also feel for my teenager because i think this has been really really hard for teenagers to not see their mates I mean, they have social media, they have their phones, they're much more connected than previous generations, of course. But their lives need to go on. And that generation, and my son starts A-levels, he was one of the generation that didn't get to do their GCSEs. don't think he was particularly disappointed about that, to be honest. When you are 15, 16, a huge amount happens in a year. You are a different person with different friends and different ambitions, and you look very different. 100%. Whether I'm 42 or 43, quite frankly, the landscape of my life looks exactly the same. Yeah. And yeah. that's where the difference is. You yeah. know, we've I've lost three months, which basically hasn't made any difference. Right. But if three months is a massive, pivotal time in your life, then yeah. you're going to be pretty angry about that. It's transformative that. at that generation. You know, watching my son, who started lockdown, I think about three inches shorter, and actually quite grumpy and has come out the other side I think you know taller more mature kinder smarter more cooperative a better listener you know I think having having the and also moms of teenagers we have loved the fact that we know where they are 24 7 because as hard as it is having babies and having toddlers and you know you couldn't pay me enough to go back to that time because that is demanding in a different way when you've got teenagers the challenges are so much more scary because they could be out doing god knows what you know with god knows who so parent mothers of teenagers we've had this respite from the anxiety of them going out the front door i would welcome that I would definitely welcome that part of it. And and I feel like we're equipped now. I feel like we've got the tools now to stay at home and not be bored or not starve or not, you know, fester in a cesspit of our own <laughs> making. So I think we would be better equipped to handle it now. And I'd get my lie-ins, wouldn't I? I'd get my lie-ins and my cup of tea when my tea's made at eight, nine, ten o'clock in the morning, whatever it is, having watched telly till too late. That's what we do. We've been watching That's the alternative, is to put your clocks back or forward or whatever it is, so that what what looks in your watch like 10 a.m. is actually 7 (laughs) a.m. And so you're like, look, I had my lion. It just got late, light, really late today. (laughs) I should be doing that. Bev, Um, it's been a huge pleasure, as always, to chat to you. Thank you so much. If people want to follow you on Instagram, you're at Bev Turner, that's me. Yes. Is that right? Oh, no, I need to check. Is it Bev Turner <coughs> underscore that's me? Yeah. Bev I got, Turner. I got locked out of my first Instagram account. So I think I had a Bev Turner LBC and then I forgot my password so many times. Eventually they just gave in and wouldn't let me back in. So I'm Bev Turner underscore that's me, I think. Something Perfect. like that. Perfect. Or on Twitter at Beverly Turner. Okay, that's probably the better Thank one. You. Thank you all for downloading another episode of The Parenthood. You can subscribe, rate and review us wherever you found this podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram. I'm at marina.fogel. But in the meantime, from Bev and me, thanks for listening and goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.